I promised my beloved I would record this sermon. Okay, great. Okay, great. So I won't get in trouble. Okay, I appreciate that. Send it to me. Let me know how to do the things. Um, thank you, y'all. See, I should have asked more questions. But I'm going to start with this question this morning. Y'all like. Okay. It's an easy one. What is your favorite food? What is your favorite? I mean, like, I'm talking peak, highest level favorite food. Ramen? I'm here with you. I can get with ramen. What y'all got? Cheeseburger? Bread. Bread is the, listen, is the will of God for your life. This is how I feel. That's what my pastor, my pastor is Reverend Dr. Gina Stewart, and that's what she says all the time when something is yummy to her. She'd be like, this is the will of God for my life today. <laughs> that is definitely how she would feel about bread. What else y'all got? What? Tacos. Thank you, Latinx folks. Thank you. Thank you for tacos and the way God uses you. In them tortillas, Jesus. Thank you. Yes. So I love, I love that I, I heard an expansiveness of options because I know we desire to be healthy and, you know, we do the healthy things and we eat the healthy things. Please eat the healthy things. But in this moment, I'm talking about the food that when you, when you put it in your mouth, you just you close your eyes and you just get lost in the food goodness. <laughs> And you, in that joy and place, you are transported to a whole nother world until your eyes open back up and you be like, oh, oh, that's right. I'm here in this restaurant eating this food. Okay. I'm talking about food that just by thinking about it, we just named it, you actually started to salivate. Mm-hmm. Y'all felt the water come in in your mouth? Mm-hmm. This is, this is anticipation. See, y'all ready to go get a burger right now. This is anticipation of savoring what you already know to be delightful, what you already know to be good. Now, for the folks that didn't yell out, tofu, even though I really love tofu, if there is some kind of healthy food that pleases you this way, that you salivate and your eyes go closed and you transport, let's talk after service because I definitely need to get some of that. But in this moment, <laughs> I'm talking about just no shame food, just food that is good food. So does this favorite food take you to a memory of a person or a place? Is this specific food, is this somebody's recipe? Is it an ancestor's recipe or a loved one that they know when they made this food for you that it was going to bring you joy? When do you eat this food, this favorite food? Now, we know we eat tacos on Tuesday. I don't know if Americans made that up or what, how that happened, but Taco Tuesday is a whole thing. But how often do you, week, do you eat it weekly? Is this, is this like food you can access all the time? Or is this special occasion, holiday food, a particular gathering, a specific human has to be present because you know she made the macaroni and cheese, right? Which, which kind of food is this? So just taste this food in your mind for a second, smell the aroma, let it come to you, and then reach for some more, reach for seconds. Whenever I go to New Orleans, the food is so good, we call it first breakfast and second breakfast, and then we'll have first lunch and second lunch, <laughs> and then we have first dinner and second dinner, first snack, second snack, because we need to justify how much food we're eating in the New Orleans. 
So everybody thinking about your favorite food? Mm-hmm, yep. So I know y'all really ready to go now because you're thinking about your food and I understand. So in the tradition of black preaching, I'll say I won't hold you long. <laughs> I won't be a barrier between you and your favorite food goodness for long. Where I wanna take us with the food is, is if you could take us to the table where this food is served. How, when, if you set that food before someone that had never encountered that food before, how would you describe it? So you say burger, but you gotta break that down. What if they don't know what a burger is? How could you give us your best network, food network version? You know, they be making up ridiculous ways to say food, right? So how would you describe like the aroma and the ingredients? How, how would you tell them this food is gonna make you feel like this when you take this first bite? One of, my, <laughs> one of my favorite food network descriptions was this. Y'all ready for the food network? Pan roasted, pastry rolls, layered with an herb, cheese puree, a creamy blend of artisanal cheeses and tender bits of aged salami. This was a hot pocket. <laughs> a pizza roll. But didn't they make it sound good? They weren't like, this is processed. It's full of salt. <laughs> it's been here for a hundred years. But if you microwave it, you'll never know. They don't describe it that way, right? But the reason they say it like that is because it just make it sound so good. It's so appealing. You want to experience eating this kind of food. So along my faith journey, which is interesting, I have found that the same applies to God, how God is described and served at the table so often determines if we taste and see that God is good. So how was God served at your tables, y'all? Did you get God served as love? Did you get that God is love, so much unwavering love that there are multiple types of love, each with a different Hebrew and even Greek word to attempt to encapsulate all the love available from and with and through God, unconditional love, love that you can never be separated from, love that first loved and didn't need or wait to be loved to be returned or received, just an abundance of available love? Or did you get the God doesn't love this and this and this, and then God definitely doesn't love this or that, these things, these people, these kinds of people, people with these kinds of jobs, definitely not people with no job, people who love people who are like them, people who live across made-up lines on made-up maps, God doesn't love them, and especially, 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 not those people over there who are not like us, who are right here. Did you get that God is gracious? Was a gracious God served to you? I'm talking about grace, like the free and unmerited kind of God. The do not have to earn kind of grace. The grace as in concern, 
and kindness? Or did you get the, now say this scripted grace before you eat so you don't present as being ungrateful? Or the grace given to the undeserving that just needs so much forgiven that they, there is no worthiness anywhere to be found in them? And did that make it easier and easier to make the measure deserving, to make the measure worthiness? Who else doesn't deserve this grace, doesn't deserve this school lunch, doesn't deserve this after school program, doesn't deserve this living wage, doesn't deserve this bodily autonomy, doesn't deserve the freedom that I have. Did you get served a merciful God, an omnipotent God who has unlimited power, the power to do any and everything, and yet chooses to cook up new mercy every day. Promised mercy, mercy that comes just like the new dew in the morning that we sing about. Mercy as forgiveness that comes from a relationship of intimacy and an extension of understanding that comes from a place of compassion. Did you get served mercy that wants to relieve suffering and anguish and need or did you get mercy that is a sign of weakness because the powerful should be unyielding to demonstrate their power, unyielding in order to retain that power, power that blames others for not having power and then therefore are not worthy of power and especially then not worthy of mercy. What kind of God were you served? The God you were served will impact how you received God's presence and promises. I love the song that y'all just sang, being overcome, overwhelmed, surrounded, shrouded in the presence of God. Verse one and two, I'm now reading from the CEV version. You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know when I am resting or when I am working and from heaven, you discover my thoughts. So how God will serve impacts how you receive a God this close and this knowing. Well, today, this is my table, and you are all welcome. And I am so excited to serve you this God menu, and on the menu is love and mercy and grace. So in my revised Vahisha version, I do that a lot, I replaced just the word God or the word you with the qualities and nature of God. So love looked deep into my hurt. Mercy knows all about me. Grace wants me to rest and has given purpose to my work from heaven. This God wants to know what I think about all the things. The Nat Bishop, Tricia Hersey, declared in her book, Rest is Resistance, we must believe we are worthy of rest. We don't have to earn it. It is our birthright. It is one of our most ancient and primal needs. And since we just heard grace declare that we were worthy and that worthiness is free and unmerited, right? 
Three through six says, you notice everything I do and everywhere I go. Before I even speak a, a word, you know what I will say. And with your powerful arm, you protect me from every side. I can't understand all of this. Such wonderful knowledge is far above me. Like I said, how God was served impacts how you receive a God this close and knowing. But on today, here at my table, you are welcome, and I'm so excited to serve you, a loving, merciful, gracious God. In my new revised Vahisha version, it says, mercy notices everything I do and everywhere I go. Before I can say a word, grace knows what I will say, and the power of love protects me from every side. I can't understand the depths of God. The knowing is so far beyond my experiencing, my experiencing of tables in ways that God was served. The foundational premise of Harry Potter, I won't ask you if you watch Harry Potter, I know people got feelings. But the foundational premise of the Harry Potter series is that the love of Harry's mother was so pure and powerful that it shielded him, actually protected him from evil. Now, the author needs to read her own books and reevaluate some of her transphobia, but we can, we can work through that because it becomes hard to understand how such a creative mind cannot imagine a human outside of their own constructs. But I digress. What I can relate to in the story is this radiating love that was a force field around baby Harry Potter. And how Voldemort and all the folks couldn't even figure out how was this possible? And I felt that force field from my own mom growing up. I've shared in many settings that I wasn't raised in church, but when I was introduced to a God that is love, it felt familiar because my mom felt like love. That kind of relationship made sense to me and I wanted to know more about a God version of that. How much more and bigger could love be? Endless, 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 unfailing, unwavering love. Verse seven and eight says, where can I go to escape from your spirit or from your sight? If I were to climb to the highest heavens, you would be there. If I were to dig down to the world of the dead, you would also be there. So how God was served impacts how you heard that, how you receive a God this close and knowing. But on today, we are where? We are at my table and you are welcome here. And I am serving a God loving merciful, gracious. At my table, that verse would sound like, where could I run from love? If I climb to the highest heavens, mercy would still be there if I am at my lowest, even where there seems to be no sign of life, grace would also be there. Nine through 12 says, well, suppose I had wings like the dawning day and flew across the ocean. Even then your powerful arm would guide and protect me. Or suppose I'll hide in the dark until night comes to cover me, but you see in the dark because daylight and dark are all the same to you. And how God will serve impacts how you receive a God this close and knowing. But on today at my table, you are welcome. And I am serving a God that is loving, 
merciful and gracious. And it would make that verse sound like, what if I could be the birds, like the birds and fly far, far away? If you watch the movie, y'all, okay. If I could be the birds and fly far, far away with nowhere to land, even then mercy would show me the way and protect me? Or what if I hide for so long that night makes it dark enough that I think then no one will see me, but love sees me. Love sees in and through the darkness because to love, they are all the same. To grace, they are all the same. Verse 22, I mean, excuse me, 23 and 24 ends with love, No, excuse me, look deeply into my heart, God, and find out everything I am thinking. Don't let me follow evil ways, but lead me into the way that time has proven true. And then how God is served will impact how you hear that, how you receive a God that is this close and knowing that you are asking to guide, to lead you and to guide you. But today, this is my table and you are welcome. And I am serving a God that is loving, merciful, and gracious. The meal would sound like, look deep into my heart, love, and find out everything I am thinking. Don't let me follow evil ways, but lead me in the way that time has proven true. Thank you for receiving my revised Vahisha version. (laughs) Because truth is continually being revealed which is why there is a current attack against truth. That's why there is a banning of books. That's why there is a declaring slavery beneficial to enslaved peoples. How, Lord? But I'm gonna get back to that. This is, this is censoring the study of black folks in American history like it didn't happen, didn't exist. Let's just cover it up. This is doing anything to prevent the discomfort of white children in school. Like black children and children of color have not been uncomfortable in the lessons that were taught in school. But our discomfort didn't get protective legislation or school board policies. Evil is not queer humans, nor is it an expansiveness of our understanding of gender. Evil is not drag shows and migrating people seeking freedom and safety? Evil is children daily dying from gun violence and mass shootings and the adults around them not only not protecting them, but more focused on protecting their access to the guns that are killing the babies. I guess this is not the discomfort that they are interested in protecting their children from. Evil is policies that criminalizes not having a home, criminalizes being hungry, criminalizes being in need. Evil is people dying from not receiving the care of health they need because they don't have enough money or enough access to resources to access the care that they need and that they deserve. Evil is calculating who deserves healthcare and who does not, and then having the nerve, the audacity to set a price point to access care. 
evil is allocating more money and resources and lobbying and time to cage people than to resource people. Look deep into my heart, love, and find out everything I am thinking. Don't let me follow evil ways, but lead me in the way that time has proven true. Our relationship with God is one of the close of one of closeness and knowing and intimacy. This is not an abusive relationship where power and control rule and reign, but where love, grace, and mercy flourish and blossom and bloom and grow and shine and hold us and nurture and support. Break up. Break up with whatever God you were served that ain't this. Push back from tables that serve an abusive God that reflects the server rather than the glorious mirror of God's self. Psalm 100 said, it is God who made us and not we ourselves. We are made in the image of God, not the God of the image we have created of ourselves. So when these serving God at the tables talk about moving from milk to meat, I can't help but think that part of that is growing in our own agency, this milk to meat. Hebrews 5 says, for everyone who lives on meat, milk is still an infant, inexperienced in the message of the righteous, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained their senses to distinguish good from evil. Our agency is that constant use. We have got to interrogate the way that righteousness and evil was served to us. I'll never forget that moment in seminary when I realized evil was so much more than what was served to me. Corrupt government officials was named in the scriptures as evil. Oppressive landlords were named in the scriptures as evil. Not providing fair wages was outright named in scripture, described as evil explicitly named in the Bible, but rarely named at the tables where God was served to me. We don't have to continue to eat what was put on our tables as children or whenever we, it was that we came into our faith in God. We get to distinguish good from evil. We are on a journey to be spiritually grown. Let's get grown with the... Let's set our own tables and set tables for others. And that's where I get most concerned, but also most encouraged. Set the table for others, y'all. Set the table at home. Set the table at church. Set the table at work. Set the table when you vote. Set the tables in how you speak about humans. Set the tables for your children. Set the tables for who you consider to be your neighbor. Set the table when you rest. At your table, serve a God who, who knows and loves, who you know and love, excuse me, and who knows and loves you, who knows and loves your table guests, those you have invited to the table. Loves them in a way that takes nothing from you. God loving them doesn't lessen 
God's love for us. Serving a God that extends grace in a way that takes no grace away from you. Serve a God that showers people across the globe, not just in America, with mercy in a way that takes not one drip drop of mercy away from you. We do not have to hoard God, y'all. We do not have to stock up on God's love and grace and mercy like it's going to run out. Like somehow sharing it with others will deplete our supply, God is so close and available to us and to everyone. Where can we go from God's merciful knowing? Where can we go from God's loving spirit? Where can we go from God's gracious presence? This is the God that knows me and loves me. Thank you, God. This is the God that I love and serve. This is the God that knows and loves all of you. May we bask in that love, in the love and mercy and grace of God together. When we bask together, may we gather together in love and grace and mercy. Amen. Oh, absolutely. I will absolutely pray for you. Oh, not, you said pray for us, not break for us. Okay. All right. Thank you. Super thank you. God of love and mercy and grace, creator, sustainer, redeemer, comforter. We bask in the ways that you have chosen to love us. We are grateful that we are made in your image and that image is so bountiful and varying that we get to see so much of you, God in all of each other. We thank you that we don't need your image to look just like us to love you. We thank you that we can appreciate your love in such a way that it comforts us when we are low, when we are in need, when we are depleted, when we are going through, when we are tired, when we are frustrated, when we are oppressed. And we thank you that that same love comforts and supports and nurtures someone else in the ways that you have done for us. And because of that expansive love, abundant grace, availability of mercy, we extend the same things to our siblings. We say to ourselves, you are so good and so God, and then we go out in the world and we try to be and to do and to speak and to extend who you are to us. We thank you for being God with us, Emmanuel. We thank you that you continue to not change. 
We thank you that we can count on you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. And as we said, because of that first love, because of the ways that you love us, because of the intimacy and proximity and relationship that we have with you, that we should freely, we shall freely give that love one to another and to ourselves because we are worthy. Because you first loved us and we did not have to earn it, so no one else has to earn it either. We make love just as available as you. And for a God who so loved us, that you gave us love in human form, wrapped in the same flesh with a beating heart who came all the way down just to love us up close and in person to walk with us and to talk with us, to be with us, to see us, to go through so many things, to heal us, to be denied, to be mistreated, to be murdered, to go all the way down into hell and then come all the way up so that we know that we too can get up in God. For that love made flesh and for the love we feel, for the love that you are, we shall forever pray in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>